Okay, welcome everybody, and thank you for dialing into our podcast today. It's about the landlord and tenant relationship uh, in the UK commercial real estate market, and in particular, what the government's been doing in the UK to regulate the rights of landlord and tenant given the uh, current pandemic situation and the recent lockdowns. But first, uh, just to introduce ourselves. So I'm Xavier Hunter. I'm a partner in the Linklater's real estate team, and I'm based in Asia. And I'm joined from London by my partner, Andy Bruce. And Andy, would you like to just say hello and introduce yourself? Hi, Xavier. Yes, I'm Andy Bruce. I am a partner based in our London office, assisting lots of investors and developers in the UK market. And um, Andy, Perhaps we could kick off and you could just give us a quick update on what the government's been doing in terms of regulating the relationship between landlord and tenant and the exercise of, of rights that they have in the context of, of leasing. Sure. Um, so I guess to set the scene to begin with, it's worth remembering that in the vast majority of cases, a tenant in the UK isn't able to walk away from its lease due to COVID. It would need an express clause to be able to do that. Um, and COVID doesn't mean that rent ceases to be payable. So in that context, you've got a lot of tenants across the country who are um, obviously obligated to pay rent to their landlords, um, but are, uh, have had their premises shut down or otherwise their businesses are struggling during the lockdown and um, uh, they, they're not really being able to meet their rent payments. So what's the UK government done about that? Well, actually, they've given about four principal helps to commercial tenants. The first thing is that the government's imposed a moratorium preventing landlords from forfeiting leases due to non-payment of rent. The second thing is landlords can't exercise rights to seize the tenant's assets within properties. And then the third thing is sort of a uh, a couple of things in one, which is that the landlords are also unable to issue a statutory demand for the payment of rent uh, or to seek the winding up of a tenant unless they can prove that COVID was not part of the reason for non-payment. So um, you will appreciate that actually means it's almost an impossibly high bar for uh, any landlord to meet. And that means that a tenant can uh, resist payment um, and carry on with uh, a live lease of the property. Those restrictions were in place until the end of June when lockdown started, um, and they've recently been extended until the end of September 2020. Um, the, the, the fourth help that the government's added um, is that businesses operating in retail, leisure and hospitality sectors will have a business rates holiday for the entire uh, rating year, which is 2020 to 2021. And uh, importantly, this holiday only benefits the, the tenants in occupation. So if landlords um, have vacant re retail space, they won't benefit from that zero rating. Uh, they will still have to pay rates. You mentioned uh, a moratorium on the entitlement of a landlord to uh, issue a statutory demand for rent, which I, I assume means to sue for the rent. Just to be clear, that's not a release from the obligation, but a deferral. So in other words, when that moratorium expires, currently the end of September, the tenants are still liable to make a backdated payment for the rent that they haven't paid, I understand it, back through the 
March quarter day. Is that right? Yes, that's that's a, that's a, um, a helpful clarification. Yes, um, the, the the UK government's legislation has not uh, given any rent waivers at all. Now it might be that landlords and tenants get together and agree waivers, um, and uh, they may even agree different types of deferral mechanisms uh, and restructuring of the leases. But the UK government has not let the tenants off the debt. It simply said that the landlords can't enforce. Um, uh, in, in, in using mon one of their many weapons that they typically have uh, to terminate at least uh, as a threat to uh, seek that payment. So yes, that the rent still remains payable unless the landlord and the tenant have agreed something else. One other thing that you mentioned was the suspension of the obligation to pay business rates. But I noticed that you mentioned that it applies to retail uh, hospitality and leisure tenants and the obvious mm. exception there is office uh, users so I'm assuming that tenants are still obligated to make the business rate payment for offices yes yes that's right it is just the retail leisure and hospitality sectors those were the the sectors that were seen to be particularly vulnerable uh, to uh, to the lockdown obviously uh, customers couldn't visit their their premises um, and uh, it was felt uh, that they needed the extra boost. But office premises, even office premises of a retailer, so it might be the retailer's headquarters office, that still pays business rates. Um, and it's only the operational premises where retail operations or leisure or hospitality operations carry on. Those are the only premises which get the business rates holiday. And as I said, it's only for the tenant, it's not for the investor landlord. And I suppose, I mean, that's as a package of measures, that's a very helpful uh, set of regulations introduced by government in what are very challenging circumstances. But the obvious question then is, what about the landlords? Have they seen any mandated uh, legislative relief at all introduced by the government? Yes, I, I wish they had, but the answer is no. Uh, there aren't any equivalent protections in favour of landlords. So as a result, many of them are feeling the squeeze. You know, they've got their own obligations to lenders to make debt and interest repayments, but of course their rental income's gone down. Uh, they don't they don't have um, as many tenants able to uh, support those debt repayments from the rental income. Uh, that means that they are turning to their lenders and asking them to take a longer term view. And we're seeing quite a few covenant waivers um, coming through as a result of that, not surprisingly. Um, uh, other things that lenders are looking for as part of this process, it won't surprise you, is that they're beginning to think more about, well, um, we'll give you a waiver this time, but give us some more cash flow projections. Tell us what you are uh, expecting to receive over the next quarter and when it'll come in and how you're managing the debt that the tenant owes you. Those sorts of very practical hands-on issues the lenders are getting very um, into the detail of. But I do think that where there are longer term problems, um, then restructurings uh, will be being considered. And of course, retail assets are at the very front of that uh, wave because retail in the UK is possibly the most exposed asset class. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the new uh, voluntary code of practice, which the government has introduced, I understand, just at the end of introducing a voluntary regime for landlords and tenants uh, in the UK and perhaps Andy you could first of all just give us an, an outline of what that 
a code of practice is encouraging landlords and tenants to do? And secondly, what your sense is in terms of the uptake uh, within the market? In other words, how are the landlords and tenants uh, embracing that code of practice? Yeah, sure. So unlike other uh, some other European jurisdictions, the code doesn't actually give automatic rent suspensions. It is just a voluntary code. And what it's trying to do is to promote collaboration between landlords and tenants. What it, what it really wants uh, landlords and tenants to do is to look at this um, uh, so that they're all on the same side. Now, that, that's easier said than done. Um, uh, on, the, on the landlord's uh, um, plus side, the code does say that tenants who can pay their rent should do so. Uh, and landlords have been pushing for that. Lots of industry bodies have welcomed that statement. They've said that this is really important, that if a tenant business has the, 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 the assets and the cash flow in order to pay the rent, you know, they shouldn't be just taking advantage um, of the situation to, to hold on to the cash. But in return, the code says that landlords should consider reasonable requests to assist the struggling tenants. Um, and it even gives lots of examples of things that you would expect a landlord to offer and for a tenant and a landlord to discuss and agree. And that might be rent-free periods, it might be rent deferrals, moving from quarterly to monthly rents, rents in arrears, and possibly even varying leases to include um, elements of turnover rent rather than market rent. Uh, it also goes so far as actually managing the property. So for instance, service charges and insurance costs. Those are uh, on a plus side again for the landlords. Um, the code says, you know, you really should be paying those because, you know, the business uh, still needs uh, the property to run, still need to be able to uh, ensure and make sure that the services carry on. But then on the downside, uh, you find that the code saying, but obviously a landlord's got to be reasonable and the landlord should pay back the services. There's no point providing services um, other than possibly security, uh, if the if the premises aren't occupied, so all in all, I think the landlords could be forgiven for thinking that the collaboration here is a bit one-sided. Um, I think landlords can take some comfort from it, um, and tenants might indeed be willing to agree maybe lease extensions or to forego break rights. But obviously that only really benefits landlords who have the time and money to take a longer term view. So um, I think it's a it's a it's a work in progress. If if we could end up with an industry sea change that landlords uh, view their tenants as customers and if the customers uh, were to, um, if you like, uh, not take advantage of the situation, I think we could find ourselves in a far more collaborative industry um, going forward in the UK, uh, but I think it's a, it's a wait and see. Um, just picking up on one of the things that you mentioned, uh, which I find interesting is, is a potential migration of the market towards increasing deployment, if you like, of turnover rents in the retail mm. sector in particular. Uh, and an obvious advantage of turnover rents from a tenant's perspective is that it's by definition it's linked to the actual uh, turnover generated by the business out of the premises uh, how easy is it is it to sort of re-gear the leases from fixed to turnover arrangements and are you seeing that actually starting to happen yes yes it is happening and uh it 
to, to change a lease from a market rent basis to a turnover rent basis isn't, isn't as simple as just changing the rent payment clause, uh, unfortunately. Um, so a landlord of a turnover rent is obviously, is more akin to some, someone like a shareholder in the tenant business, because you are taking a slice of its operating income, not, not, not necessarily its profits, but the, the, the income it's making from that store. So a landlord's gonna want to make, um, uh, 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 focus on uh, uh, the wider tenant covenants that guarantee that income. So for instance, um, you're gonna possibly want to make sure that the premises stay open for business, uh, lockdown aside. You want to impose requirements to maximize the turnover. You want to restrict assignment or the change of the user more tightly than a market rent lease, because possibly you might want even for the turnover rent mechanic to be personal to the specific tenant, because this is a deal that you're investing in this tenant's business. Um, and you want to know that this is the tenant and they are doing this sort of operation on, 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 on the premises because you're going to share in it. You're, it's, it's very much a trusting relationship that you, you understand your retailer tenant and how they run their business and you, you think that they're going to be good at it. Um, and then I suppose finally, typically what you see in a, in, a, in a turnover rent lease is that you share with the landlord confidential information about the store's trading performance. You obviously need to in order to audit it and in order to prove that that was your turnover. So it is a little bit more than just simply um, cut and paste of a turnover rent uh, mechanic into um, a market rent clause. So the um, migration from a fixed rent to a turnover based regime is not necessarily a completely straightforward one, but it's very interesting to see that there is some uptake between landlords and tenant in that direction. Andy, I think that's been a really useful summary of the uh, mandatory and new regulations that the government has introduced, as well as of the terms of the new voluntary code of conduct. And I think we'll wrap up there. I hope that this has been a useful uh, introduction to these issues for those that have uh, real estate investments in the UK or those that are considering making new investments in the UK. But of course, it's an evolving situation. And please do reach out to us, uh, either to myself or to Andy or to your usual link latest contact if you want to talk about any of these issues or get any more in-depth information in the future. So thanks again for listening and dialing into this podcast. And we'll speak to you soon.